Hello everyone and welcome to Project Esports for October 21st, 2019. As always, I am one of your hosts, Andrew Nimsgren, and alongside me are James Graham and Dylan Beal. How are you two doing today? Good. Back again, we're in the same hat three weeks in a row. All right. Dylan, first off, what kind of response is good? We are here. We're here to talk about esports. We're excited. We got a lot of news to talk about, and all you can leave the show off with is good. Hey, it's better than bad, and it's also better than okay. Like in the in the tiers of how like I am, that's like an upper tier. That's true, man. That's it's in, in the, the positive. Upper, it's in the upper echelons. Yeah, exactly. If we're looking at this like in a scale, this is bad, and this is good. He's like more over here. Man. Actually, can I change my answer? No. I want to change my answer, please. Okay, what do you want to change to? I'm actually doing really great. Oh, well, is that like the top for you? I changed it. I I changed it. I'm actually doing the best. uh, That's one off of of excellent. Yeah, I'm walking around today. It felt real good. I have some tiny legs, though, from not being able to walk for the past. Oh, yeah, you have walked. We got that Snapchat video today. Oh, yeah. I was feeling, actually, that's why I'm feeling real great because it was nice. For all our listeners, Dylan managed to break one of his feet being a drunk idiot, and now he suffers from the curse of muscular atrophy. So now he has baby legs. So now refer to Dylan as Baby Legs Beal. But okay, wait, wait, wait. Baby Legs Beal. Yes. No. Yes. That's your introduction for next week. We should we start this episode and just leave with that. <laughs> okay, just you wait, because you were hyping me up, James. You were like, now you have a comeback story. Like yeah, a, then, a comeback then I said, story. Then I said uh, Andrew had to be your anime rival. And, and and you know how everyone loves a good comeback story. Like Kim Kardashian and that one video. No. Uh, All right, let's. No, you haven't seen. Okay, come on, come on. You haven't. You haven't seen that from Parks and Rec. Come on, it's not just me. Other people have seen that video. Um, but no. Cut it. We are not here to talk about whatever the hell that opening was. We are here to talk about esports because if you did not know, Project Esports is a weekly esports talk show where we dive into whatever topics in esports we want to talk about, and give a little bit of context and a whole lot of opinion. That is live every single Monday on twitch.tv slash popped underscore off and podcasting platforms across the globe. But with that, let us just jump right into our first topic of the night because we do not have any major housekeeping besides to make sure to check out our other podcasts and poppedoff.com. But James, we got a lot of things going on with Riot Games today. But before we get into that, we want to focus more on League of Legends and some North American love, hate, however you want to kind of spin it. Yeah, so for anybody who hasn't watched Worlds yet, and you're going to get some major spoilers now because if you were really watching Worlds, you probably should have already known this information now that you're saying it. Now that I'm saying it on Monday, um, North America did not progress out of groups at all. Clutch, Team Liquid, and Cloud9, nobody made it out of North America. Now, this is, of course, one, not surprising, and two, uh, you know, unsh- yeah, pretty, I'd say pretty much unshocking overall. Like, it's like, it's like two things, it's the, it's the same. Um, that nobody is really that surprised that North America didn't make it out. Um, and now because of this, everybody's kind of dissecting the issue with North America and why we can't do this. And a popular, a popular opinion is kind of forming on Twitter. And a lot of, uh, a lot of the league subreddits is that North America refuses to foster its own talent. It refuses to bring guys up from either collegiate 
or just off the leaderboards and it doesn't want to develop it. Instead, they choose to import everybody or as many good players as they can and have like, you know, their native talent being like almost like B tier, right? Um, now, that being said, we saw a ton of North American talent perform incredibly well. Um, Double F being one, DeMonte being another, Vulcan being another. All these guys are North American natives. They, they weren't imported. They, nobody used import slots for these guys. But North America has this tendency of shelling out ridiculous amounts of money for um, for talent that is, like, usually on the downfall. Guys like, I hate to say it, like Arrow, like Piglet. Uh, historically, like they've kind of underperformed even in North America, right? So this is kind of the opinion, the popular opinion now is like, is North America going to smarten up? Are some of our new guys coming in like Evil Geniuses, Immortals, Dignitas? Dignitas is really the only one who've really done it. Yeah, like their entire most of their lineup, I'd say, mo- like three four, three out of five of their lineup is actually North American. Demonte, Cody Sun. Vulcan. Well, that's because Vulcan. you're only allowed to have two imports, so everyone no, has three just, out of but, five. But what I'm saying is, is that the organization itself hasn't picked up guys who have been in North America so long where they've gotten their status card and stuff. Like guys like Impact and uh, like Jensen and stuff, right? They, uh, I think Jensen actually might only be on the cusp though. But Impact's like the like the premier uh, premier like uh, example is that he's been here so long that he's eventually gotten his status card, so he becomes off that roster. Bjergsen's another one. Bjergsen's maybe one of the only examples that works, but like I mean, it doesn't mean dick if you if you're not performing in Worlds. We've never seen North America in a final. Hell, we like I mean, we got lucky to see Cloud Nine in a semifinal once. So and like I mean, yeah, like I mean, like and some of these guys are even Canadian too. Like I mean, everybody memes up north, but Vulcan's from Quebec. So I mean, like the talent is here, um, and, and now the other opinions are too is make the minor wildcard regions not hold up an import slot. Because at this point, it's supposed to foster kind of everybody to want to push to become a, like a North American player and move out of their wildcard regions, ah. thus producing more talent for the, 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 the thing is, is that- But then those regions die because every other region just takes all the good talent. They don't though, because everybody in their regions push to be that much better so they can get picked up by North America. Mm, I don't, I don't same, love that. It, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, you got to think too. Like, a lot of the like wildcard regions, you're not making that much money. But if you're you're like a top tier player in those places, you're doing okay, and you have the chance of being picked up. Uh, even even guys in the OCE, because OCE thankfully is like one of the wildcard regions, but it's primary. Like, it's all English, right? So you get a lot of feedback from these guys really easily. And since FBI got imported to Golden Guardians, the um, the level of gameplay for their ADCs and the expectation has increased drastically. So you're seeing better ADCs, better players coming out of this, and it's benefiting the region. They're saying the same thing for Turkey and going over to uh, LEC, which it would benefit the region as well. But I, all, I'm, all I'm hearing is that you just contradicting your point. And they need to focus on their own talent. Oh, we should allow minor region, regions to come in without minor being an regions, import. Though, minor regions, it doesn't not. matter. That's not focusing on our own talent. How is recommending another region not having to be I'm an import like these are like these are like, these are two options to be a solution no we just need we but, need a path to pro for the league of legends besides leaderboards we don't have it though no in like in many regions because riot doesn't like, allow it riot has to manage all they tournaments did they did allow it and now we went to franchising and franchising kind of damned it now i wouldn't be like the current trend that riot's going in like a lot of they're fixing a lot of the their dumbass mistakes that they've kind of done for over the years. It wouldn't surprise me if they 
like, you know, they're going to carve this out. They've already kind of started this with scouting grounds. Um, and collegiate is looking a lot better. But you're right. You're like, I mean, you're right. They need to make it more concrete. Because, like, I mean, we are starting to lose people to uh, Fortnite. We're starting to lose people to other other games altogether. So they do need to make it, like, an easier an easier path for them. I mean, there are, there is only so many slots, which are understandable why. You can't, and the region's not growing, and I mean, there can only be, what, 10 players per team, maybe at most? I don't even know how many subs you can have in League. Uh, two. You can, well, you see, the nice part is you can use your entire Academy roster, right? That's true. So you can, right? So you have, a ton, you have like, 10 players, right? Um, The chat kind of brings up a really good point, is that EU has Masters. And that really fosters their their league to have new talent. I mean, that's where we saw Nemesis come out of. That's where we saw um, Abadaje, Humanoid. Like, all these guys came out of that pool, right? So I think NA really needs to adapt something like that. No, I agree. I, I don't know what that's going to be. And I, I, I think it's always so easy to say develop a Tier 2, develop a Tier 3 scene. It's always easier said than done. Especially depending on that usually puts so much effort onto the community. And honestly, at this point, I feel like just climbing the leaderboards is the best way to do it. So you know, those people aren't going to put in the time and energy when they are more than likely already going to have it. So it's going to have to be, though, at tier two um, kind of scene on the leaderboards. They have to put in the time and energy and money. But that's just so hard to do. Well, and it's, it's not really it's not sustainable either. That's the big problem, right? Very few players from the leaderboards actually get picked up onto a real team. Revenge, I think, was the last guy to do it. And he had to drop in a med school to basically get picked up by FlyQuest. Now he plays on their academy. Do you know how unbelievable that is that you could go to med school and fucking become a pro league legend player at the same time? Can we talk yeah, about no. that? Yeah, and like and he also was a ribbon one trick. And ribbon is yeah. easily oh, I know. Like one of the most like it's it's insane. The the whole the whole scenario of revenge is ridiculous. I could do like I could do like a, my own episode on revenge and how ridiculous this guy is. But. I, I barely feel like I can do this podcast once a week and manage work, let alone becoming a pro league legend player in med school. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's just it, right? And like it, like to my understanding, he was doing well too. Yeah, which is which is like even crazier. But I don't know. I I guess I don't have. I don't have much else to say about this besides just whenever smaller tournaments do pop up, support them. I mean, they're probably not going to last forever. None of them are sustainable, but support anything besides mainstream League of Legends as well. Streamers, players, tournaments, all that kind of stuff. It it all does build up eventually, especially for people that are trying to make it. All that support in the smaller tournament prize pools do help them get there. I actually, like, and this, and this is kind of going to be my, like, kind of end point on... Um, a analyst who I used to work with when I was worked with Honor named Wei Zhao on, on Twitter. Uh, X-I-X-E-I-W-A-O-U. I'm gonna Casey, I'm gonna put I'm gonna butcher your uh, your your actual handle. But he actually made a really good point on basically how how unsustainable tier two is, how to fix it, all that good stuff. Dude's a genius. He used to work with one of the EU master teams. If you're interested, I'm gonna put his we're gonna put his description in the uh, in the after show just so you guys can check him out, because he has some really good thoughts on the whole scenario. 10 out of 10 recommend checking it out. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. But I do think we should kind of move on with you said that closing remark there to all of the announcement of League of Legends, not League of Legends, right? Games made during their 10th anniversary of League of Legends announcement because holy crap, is this no small amount of announcement. This is so much to go through and something we could probably spend three hours talking about, but we don't have three hours to talk about it. So, James, why don't you jump in and let's just start with the rundown of everything that happened. And then we kind of go back and talk about it because there's so much. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna bang it out really quick. I'm gonna list off all our major points, and then yeah, we can kind of go back and kind of pick through and talk about it. Um, I'm gonna talk about the ones that we or I'm gonna list off basically if most information to least information. Um, so we have the LOL Esports Manager, which is gonna base solely off of the LPL, the Chinese region, just because they have so many players. Um, it's basically like Football Manager, except you know with esports. Uh, we have Legends of Runeterra, which is their new entry into the card game. The game is incredible. I had a chance to play it. Um, we have TFT on mobile, which is pretty sick. Anything getting ported to mobile is awesome. Uh, we have cha- we have the changes for next season for League of Legends. We're seeing a ton of those. Map revamps, all that good stuff. Uh, then we have Project A, which is their one-tap shooter that also incorporates some elements of Overwatch with skills. Uh, we have Project L, which is their fighter. We only saw a quick snippet of that with between Ari and Darius. And we have Project F, which is their dungeon crawler slash MMO. Uh, kind of mirrors Diablo. So, Andrew, what do you what do you, uh, you do you want to start from the top and kind of work our way down, or do you want to talk about what do you what you're most excited about? I I don't even know because this is I'm still just so caught off guard with how much kind of going on there. I think maybe just starting at the top and going down would probably be the smartest way to do it. But everything there is just so cool, and there's not a single announcement that they made. That kind of landed flat, I think, in my opinion, that every single one of them I'm at least interested in trying, even with the ones that I have no interest in, like other games in that genre, I'm still going to uh, absolutely try it out there. But yeah, let's let's start at Esports Manager, because I see a couple of people in chat getting excited about that. But I just love this kind of idea, because the amount of sims that are out there and the amount of sims that we've seen is, I mean, there's a new one every single day. I mean, there's been a farming simulator for the last... 23 years the farming simulator league that's where we're at. i know i remember we talked about that yeah <laughs> but now but now just kind of switching it over to esports i think it's such a fun way and i think most people don't even know what it probably a general manager does for esports especially in league of legends so it'd probably be a good entry point for those people i'm really excited to see how much it mirrored what i did like i'm really excited to see if like if it's actually like one, if I was being an idiot, and two, if it was accurate, right? But yeah, no, and it's really cool, too, because they picked a good region to really introduce it to. Um, it Like, I mean, Tencent being Tencent being like, oh, yeah, no, China has, like, so many divisions that it's actually really good. I mean, that being, I do agree with them on that, because China has two entire different leagues. They have, like, the East and the West, and then they basically both feed into each other. Um, and there's a total of, like, 16 teams, which does really give you a wide player base to kind of work with, especially in like a managerial role. Right. Um, so it's a good like entry region to start out with and kind of trial this and see if it catches. I have a feeling it will. I feel like anybody who's an old hat that really can't play the game well anymore. And just like, likes watching esports, they're going to love this shit. They're going to eat it up. I also talk about myself. I, but. I know we, we know, trust me, we know. Um, but I also think this would be a good opportunity for people that are like, hey, I, I want to get into esports. They know they don't want to be a player. I'm not saying that playing this game is going to teach them exactly how, but it's going to give them an idea of what skills and what kind of happens on that side of it when people have no idea. Like, if you ask me what a 
general manager does for like an esports team or like specifically a League of Legends team on like kind of a weekly basis, I can't tell you a lot of what they do besides maybe managing practices and stuff like that. So kind of getting an idea more in depth of what skills you need to kind of develop to actually go into a role like that, I think it'd be something more on kind of the beneficial side on top of it just sounding really fun. I'm super excited about this. The last time there was like an esports sim out there um, was the StarCraft II visual novel, which was very good back in 2015. What? Um, yeah, it was, it was just a visual novel for StarCraft. But yeah, we haven't had anything like this before. And it feels like something that like everyone wanted, but no one like connected the dots on it really. Because when it comes out, it's like, oh, of course that should be a thing. Like, it's just like Football Manager. People are going to eat it up like crazy. But like, we didn't know that we wanted it. Yeah, it is, it's one of those things that once it was presented to us, it was like, Oh, that's a thing. Oh, yeah, I really give me that, right? Like, it's, yeah, because I I saw it and I was like, oh, of course I'm gonna play that. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um, yeah, I I just think this is so. I think this is so cool. I think this is yeah. I agree. The game that no one expected, but we all kind of wanted. Now that it's been announced, all the other ones we had heard rumors of, and we all talked about how we wanted it. But this one came out of nowhere. But I still think it's one of the coolest ones. Yeah, and I think kind of continuing on this trend of stuff we're talking about, we should also really, um, for any of our listeners, we're going to kind of treat, treat it in like the uh, the esports scope as well, basically how we think it's going to impact the the rest of the market. Um, my next, and I'm really saying that big because Legend of Runeterra is going to be the next thing we talk about, and Legends of Runeterra is basically to come and be the guillotine on Hearthstone, I think. Wait, yeah, wait do you I... mean Blizzard isn't already doing that themselves? They're already doing it themselves, but uh, I guess Riot decides to be the executioner as well. Yeah, that's, that seems more fitting. Yeah, I think Hearthstone's been on a, a huge decline as it was already. Um, whenever Magic Arena came out, it just like even double so that. Um, and they've been having a lot of problems in their competitive anyways. You know, the format hasn't been quite right. They've been switching back and forth. You know, a lot of pros that have been playing that kind of switch off of it. A lot of them play Magic, so... This, you know, uh, this is this might be it actually. I, I think if they're able to stand up like a good competitive environment for it, I think a lot of people who are interested in Hearthstone might end up switching over. Because uh, from what I heard, it is a pretty good free to play game, um, which is the big market that um, Hearthstone has. Mm -hmm. So if they're able to kind of squeeze in that, and it's also going to be on mobile um, whenever it's fully launched. So I think it checks off all the boxes that Hearthstone does. Yeah. yeah the, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew. But I mean, I guess you guys both got a chance to play it, so I, I think I, I'd be curious to see just kind of very quick impressions of what both you guys have. And going back to even what you were saying, Dylan or James, um, for the free to play uh, space, it's that people in just the very short time that they're getting their hands on with it and seeing the preview of it were kind of praising how they're doing unlocks and stuff like that because apparently that was super creative and unique. So if you guys want to talk to that a little bit. And even just kind of what your impressions were. I know neither one of you got a bunch of games in, but just, yeah, you guys played about an hour, I'm assuming, each one of you, and just kind of what do you think an hour in of the actual game? Yeah, I, I actually got a, I got a couple hours in, and I find it actually mirrors the unlockability of cards and packs and stuff like that. Very similar to MTGA, which is, like, MTGA's format for unlocking cards and decks and all that stuff is fucking genius. Um, it is super, like, it is, it's mainly... You don't have to sync the amount of hours that you had to sync into Hearthstone to get free packs and everything like that. Um, Legends of Runeterra does the exact same thing. It's really good. 
The big thing I want to praise about it too, on top of that, is where you each like basically your classes or your types are based on regions and factions. But within those regions and factions, you have specific champions that fit into them. Of course, you know with the rest of the lore, which allows you to have play styles within play styles, which I think is a very you know cool and competitive thing, which I think will add to the actual like the the um, one the like the, the range of basically players you're going to see and how enjoyable it's going to be watched as a spectator. Yeah, so I I thought it was okay when I was playing it. Um, I think I'm going to save a lot of my criticism for once people really have their hands on it for a long time and some of the top tier decks actually get figured out um, because it, it, it can all change from there. Because from looking at it, it's a little bit in between Hearthstone and Magic. Um, there is definitely a lot of creatures, and it's a lot of uh, creature-focused combat. Um, but there is also, like, interaction. So in Hearthstone, there's no real interaction with each other. Um, it's you play your turn, you pass it over to your opponent. It's a lot like chess. Um, but for Magic, you're interacting for every single move that you're doing. Um, and that is kind of the vibe that this is giving off as well. So... I really want to see what the top level play looks like and, you know, wonder if it's going to be, you know, maybe very combo-y decks, if it's going to be more like a like mid-range uh, type style like battles or if it's going to be super control heavy because I think once that's figured out, um, I'll have like a good sense on, you know, how I feel about the game because right now it's, I think it's okay. I didn't see anything too egregious with the game that made it me like upset at it, um, but I'm just waiting for that certain thing to hook me. I think that's going to be whatever like the top tier kind of play is going to be. And just to build on it too, the uh, the beta that we were, or the intro we were kind of released to didn't actually have that many champions. I think it had about I think it was four per region. We had six regions, so I mean like what was that thirty two? No, twenty four. Um, so and basically, again, as most of us know, the current roster of League of Legends is one hundred and forty five. So that adds so many elements for different play styles, for different types of like different types of players to get into it and find like what you enjoy, which I think, which is something Riot does really well, especially with League of Legends with accessibility and stuff like that. If you want to one trick a champion, go for it, man. You're probably gonna get to masters if you're good enough, right? You want to one trick a deck? Let's see how it works, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they kind of lined up content for themselves fairly well because they're like, all right, well we have a roster that's incredibly large, so. They can release the game with X amount of champions and then over time just like, you know, have some more in, in, in new content updates. And I think that's really good. They kind of laid it out for themselves fairly well with that. Yeah, and I mean, the, even if champions get reworked, they can like go back and like, re like you can repatch the card and stuff like that too, right? It's like, I mean, yeah, there's, there's layers to this shit. They're real smart about this. Yeah, they've definitely done a good job of putting the S into Riot games finally. Yeah, they really, <laughs> yeah, they really did, right? But let's uh, uh, let's talk about the two games that they already had a little bit there. I want to leave you to talking about the big ones, but I'll, I'll just kind of jump in and talk about. So TFT coming to mobile is, I think, something that it was needed. That it was, it, yeah. It, it definitely the energy around it has died down a little bit, and it's just such a good mobile game too. The games aren't too long; they feel good, and it's just simple tap. I mean, you you don't even need like anything but a mouse to play the game anyway. So it works really well on a touchscreen. It's just so straightforward and simple that I really do like the idea of them transferring that. And something we didn't even put either is that um, Wild Rift, is that they're uh, porting um, the actual League of Legends game to mobile as well too. So yeah, I'm yeah. not as excited about that one, but I, I'm just glad to see them just porting everything to mobile because I think that's so smart. It is smart. Yeah. It's uh, it's 100% smart. Yeah, like I mean, 
it's like as far as like an esports aspect we're not gonna i don't think we're not much of an impact no it's not gonna have much of an impact but you know it is gonna have an impact and it's all the other like project uh project a i think is gonna have a pretty big uh pretty big impact i think that yeah project a which is their new shooter is the announcement that shocked me the most there had been rumors but the idea of that actually happening got me so excited so what I thought was kind of interesting, I don't know if you guys saw this, but apparently um, they said at some point, I don't think it was during the stream, but like in other sources, that is a spiritual successor to Counter-Strike. Yes. You can yeah, kind of so- tell by how the gameplay looked too. That so let's, let's take a step back and actually walk through what we know about Project A and then talk about a little bit more, James. Cool. Sounds I good. jumped ahead uh, on that. That's my bad. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, yeah, so Project A is basically, as I, call, as I called it before, it's a one-tap shooter, which means you realistically realistically have like next to no health, and you get popped, you get popped, with the incorporation of skills. So like like we don't really now we don't really know what that means if there's classes, if you like kind of like made a character or something like that. Um, but we got to see through the through the video is that basically a character killed like two people, and then they had a bunch of knives around them, and then they could throw the knives. Um, so yeah, and then I guess in other leaked screenshots as well, you actually saw like a buy wheel, which is very, which is like you know it's straight up CS:GO. That's CS:GO's thing, right? So yeah, this is gonna be weird because like, is it gonna is it gonna impede on CS:GO? Is it gonna impede on Overwatch? Is it gonna impede on both of them? Because I feel like it's the third option. I I think with the game, it's hard to tell with Overwatch right now. Every pro right now, when that came out, said, like, yes, they're all eyeing it up. Like, they're already saying, oh, I'm going to become a Project A pro and all that kind of stuff. I think part of that is just going to be everyone so ready to jump ship on Blizzard right now because of everything that's been going on. But I also think that this is something that people have been looking for with Overwatch. Kind of getting stale to a lot of people. That uh, new game, especially with CSGO, where a lot of these pros probably started. Going back to their roots, but also have that... Uh, kind of team-based, that uh, character-based gameplay from Overwatch, kind of that mix between the two, would be really entertaining for obviously people interested in CSGO and traditional shooters such as Call of Duty, but also Overwatch, kind of the abilities to do these combo plays, I think is going to be really cool. And I definitely think it's going to appeal onto both. I don't know if it'll kill CSGO, but I think this puts Overwatch in danger. I, I don't think so. I really don't think so at all because it's different. It's way different because Overwatch, if you're a tank main or if you're support main, those skills don't really transfer over nope. to CSGO at all. And I think that is probably going to be the main thing. So if, you know, if you're if you're out there and you're playing like Widowmaker and you're like a DPS player, yeah, you can jump over to CSGO and you'll have a lot of the same skills and you can probably jump to this new game and you'll have a lot of the same skills. But, you know, you're not going to have a main tank player be able to go oh i'm just gonna pick up project a and be a pro in it because it's it is completely different like it's it's so different within the fps genre i would say it's almost a different genre yeah like i mean that was just it like i mean it's 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 kind of hard where to peg it i think it's going to have a significant draw from the dps players of overwatch absolutely and i think it's going to make valve stop neglecting the ugly stepchild like i think valve might actually start promoting csgo because of this because they're like well do we risk losing people like i mean but like, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of up in the area. I'm I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to treat it. Um, but yeah, just so we don't waste too much more time, because I know well this is we're we're about halfway in the show now. Um, the other two mentioned as well are Project L, which is their fighter, which we know literally nothing about except the fact it's on the Rising Thunder engine. 
Um, it's the same. It's the crew that made that game. They were in the process of making. Riot looked at them and said, mm, "You're gonna make that for us, and we're gonna use League of Legends characters." Which um, I'm fine just, with. I'm in on that. I'm super fine with two. Um, they, they, even the presentation was really nice because they tied it up for a drop with like Darius's combo and everything like that. Like when they just when they gave the game to us, it was like, "Yo, this is gonna look really cool." Um, I'm excited to see something added to the FGC. I'm excited that Riot's getting involved in the FGC. Um, I, I think I, I would love to have a big conversation about that. Maybe not today, but a different day of how a company as big as Riot that's already always been so invested into esports coming into the FGC scene and what that could have an impact on it. Do, yeah. I, I, I really have a feeling Dylan, you'd have a lot into that. And I think this could be really big for that FGC of having that one big company that puts a lot of money into esports and it's going to be very hands-on. I think it'd be a really big booster for the FGC while still allowing a lot of that grassroots because Riot, they care about money, but they also do understand esports. So I think that could be a really good combination versus someone else coming in. They also understand player bases too. Is yes. what, I, what I'm finding, they listen, which is which is really 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 refreshing. Um, and the final is Project F, which is their MMO slash dungeon crawler. Um, it's gonna be cool to see speedruns. Um, like just from a, like a pure like fanboy aspect, this is gonna be really cool. It'll be really fun, and we're gonna get like this weird like MMO Diablo kind of shit with Riot. Um, but as far as like an esports scope, we're not gonna see anything. I don't think too crazy coming to this. Um, but just to add more to Riot's stock, I guess. Yeah, no, I all these announcements were ridiculous. Like all these on one day, on top of an anime. I know we're into an esports video game podcast, but an anime coming out alongside that too. It's just they're doing everything right, and I think this is going to be a very big deal. Like Riot is definitely taking that step of going from Riot Games to a Blizzard level company. Like they have, they're moving from WoW to all their other games that Le- that Blizzard did forever ago. That's the step they just made with all these announcements of taking that next step in terms of their size and what they can actually do. As somebody who's been a Blizzard player for years, I'm really excited to write to see Riot go for the throat. Like I'm, like this is this is like we don't you don't usually see this in like in video games and stuff like that where like developers are trying to like overrun other developers, but Riot literally just was like, Blizzard, you're done. Yeah. You're done. We're taking over. We're taking over. We're taking over the market. Yeah, I think uh, this is really going to be interesting to see what their new IP is like. Um, I think a new IP coming out of them is really interesting. I'm excited to see what other kind of content they can put out there because, like, we know what's going to be in in the other games because they're you know it's all Riot based. You know, sorry, it's all League of Legends based IPs, which I think is it's all fine and stuff, but. It's that same feeling I got when Blizzard announced Overwatch, where it was like, new IP, new characters, this is a new universe. That's really sick. I think it's super cool. And I'm excited to see, you know, kind of the lore behind it, like what they what they put into the game. No. Absolutely. I really agree. But um, James, what what is that I hear in the distance? Is this another uh, serving? Oh, this, is a Rick, this is a Rick Fox watch, baby. Rick Fox watch. Thank you. We're working on it. We're working on bringing in the Rick Fox drop. It is all a work go. in We're there. We're back. We're back to us. That was our Rick Fox watch drop, boys. It is. It's that, the that first time. 
It's the first time we've tried it out. It was pretty great. We've decided that we've had this segment so many reoccurring weeks that we should say fuck it and put a graphic on it. So we did. And uh, I think uh, we gave it to Andrew to do, and he did a great job. So uh, can I get some tinfoil hats in the chat for Andrew? But he deserves it. I, I, I've officially agreed that this is never going away. After this it, news that we're about not. to talk about, it's never going away. No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's, it's here to stay. So, for anybody who missed it, whoever whoever is just basically waiting for us to talk about it, um, Rick Fox has decided to help produce a comedy through C- uh, CBS, I believe, yep. based on his goddamn life. And esports specifically. And esports, esports specifically. Es- his his run-ins, his the drugs, the, the the legislation, the team, the private jets. It's all on CBS now, guys. We're gonna be promoting CBS. I'm gonna watch this shit. It's gonna be hilarious. I hope Rick Fox plays himself. So right now it's only calling for a pilot episode, so it's not guaranteed to run. There's a chance we never even see that pilot episode. But just the idea that he is pushing for this because obviously the executive producer. Just this man has balls. <laughs> I don't know if this was like the whole purpose of it. Like <laughs> this just happened so quick after like everything else that I, I wonder at what point he started talking about this. Because this takes a while to kind of get going. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know what to expect. I have no idea what to expect from this. Um, I know if that pilot does happen, it'll end up on the internet somewhere. The internet will see it. Um, whether or not it ever makes it to live TV, who knows? But the internet's gonna see that pilot episode. Don't this is this is not gonna get picked up. If this is not something made for mainstream television, this is something that we would watch and might think it's funny if they have the right creative talent on it. But I think for a mainstream audience, no one wants to hear about a esports team comedy. Like, I, I, it's just not good. And if it is, if it is good for the network audience, it's going to be weirdly pandered. Uh, like, you know, no one wants to hear about nerd shit unless it's Big Bang Theory, of where it's weird pandering that like is kind of cringy. I, I get that, but. And I definitely agree, esports still has a very far way to go. But I mean, it, it's crazy. Like, I mean, how many of you thought about like wanting to watch a show about making heroin and uh, Breaking Bad? I mean, there's just shows like there's just some shows that like you don't know you want that type of content or that specific theme until it happens. I know Breaking Bad was a much more of an action, but with a comedy, it's so easy to get away with the topic of if the characters are good. And the like, the actors are good, and the humor is not bad. Like any topic can get by. I mean, we saw Seinfeld. We've seen like Seinfeld is a show about nothing for fifteen seasons, and it's phenomenal. Like it doesn't matter what the topic is if the humor is there. I think that's different because like that was a time of where you know sitcoms were really peaking, and they had like top tier like comedy writers on that show. I have severe doubts that they're getting like comedy legends to write this kind of thing. Hey, this whole Rick Fox watch is comedy gold. So uh, that's all. I mean, it, every time it's we laugh at it every time because of how ridiculous it is. I think I think I think it is a closed market. I think I think if this was released as a web series, I think the internet would eat this shit up. Uh, it is a little like I mean because we do see every time that Overwatch makes it onto ABC. Um, I mean, Slasher literally does a report on all the boomer shit that gets tweeted out about every time esports gets even played. So I don't know if they're going to watch it. I know basically the generation above myself and below who know about esports and all that stuff probably will turn into tune into it. Um, but yeah, it should be uh, it should be interesting. I'm kind of excited for this. I, I want to. I will. I've seen Rick Fox act before, and he's actually pretty good. 
So him just playing himself, it'll be great. But I think that's something we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to do another Rick Fox watch, and I'll actually get better using the graphic that next time. But for now, let's kind of start moving to the second half of our show. But before we do do that, I do want to remind you that if you have Amazon Prime, that means you have Twitch Prime, which means each and every month you get to take your money from Amazon and give it to any content creator of your choice. And of course, that would mean the world to us if we receive it. So we can help pay for um, improvements to the show, freelance uh, content, anything kind of like that. It does help us make a difference and it just shows support and it taking away money from Amazon. So ultimately, can it get much better than that, at least in Dylan's mind? Yeah, because actually all the Twitch Primes that have been coming in, went directly to fund the Rick Fox watch graphic. I took all $100 straight into my account and I made that four second graphic. It was a hundred, hundred second graphic or a hundred yeah. buck graphic. It was, it was great. I, I definitely think it's some of my best work ever. But with that, that's just a reminder. We all throw it. I'm not going to hang on that too long just because you guys hear it each and every week. But I do want to move into kind of a new segment I want to test out. A little bit of kind of not a game show, but it's a little game for us to play. And it is going to be called GGFF. And I am going to go through a list of things. And for each one of them, I want you to say if it's a GG or an FF. So a GG, you like it. You like the idea of it. You like the concept of it. You're on board with it. FF, horrible. What were they thinking? You don't agree with that. You guys kind of understand the concept of the esports at all. GG, good game. FF, forfeit. So I'm into it. going to go through a couple different segments here. And I want to first here, we have four call of duty teams with their branding revealed so far i could break into a little bit more about the specifics if you want but the first team is going to be the new york subliners is the team name what are we feeling about that subliners what, what what's the what's the order so we know going going forward like what do you mean like who's who's gonna who's gonna say their their response so i'm not gonna include on it it's just you two so let's always start okay. with dylan and then we'll go to james yeah okay ff ff all right, Dallas Empire. FF because this should have been New York's team. <laughs> I'm giving them the GG. I'll give them the GG. I think this is actually a really good branding, so I'm glad one of you gave it GG. This is like by far the best branding out of everything we've seen so far. The LA Gorillas, aka the Spider Gwens. GGs. I love gorillas. Uh, GG because they spelled it like guerrilla warfare, not like the animal. That's why Dylan was saying he loved it so much. All right. The London Royal Ravens. This is the full name. And the logo is exactly what you're going to expect. All right. The, the full name FF. I wish it would have been Royals. Yeah. I'm hitting them with the FF. The Royal Ravens is too wordy. I, I agree with that. All right. So we're going to keep doing that as we go on. But those are the four we have confirmed so far. Those are kind of coming out as we go. The next topic is going to be we got a ton of owl root trade rumors from like this big video off a of slideshow thing. We're not going to dive into that or anything like that. But I want to hear what you guys think about this one. So first, Gamsu is traded to the fuel for a contract of $240,000. GG, get the bag, boy. GG, all about that paper. This is ridiculous hearing that. Surefor, Kareev, and Agility's all going to the Toronto Defined as rumored. GG on them building up the team? GG, we the motherfucking North. What, what bullshit is this? This is coming from a Valiant fan, and this next thing is just even worse. 
The Valiant are going for a low-budget team and do not plan on paying any player more than fifty to sixty thousand dollars. The league minimum is fifty thousand dollars. Gigi as a use case, I'd be very interested to see if they can maybe turn this into something that's pretty profitable. I, I'm very curious about that. What they're going to be doing? FF because more teams might adopt this and it might mean the downfall of the league. Yeah, I, I, I as a Valiant fan, this is so heartbreaking. But you think it could be the downfall of the league to spend less money? I I think it might mean like people are going to think that less money is going into the league and teams are getting broke and they need to do this shit. That's an interesting point of view on it. Maybe. Last one, a team that is not going broke apparently. The Florida Mayhem picking up the entire runaway roster. <laughs> GG, because this is very funny. Hopefully it works out. FF, man. Fucking FF. <laughs> Why is this an FF from you? This is my whole team, man. Florida couldn't make good decisions like last year? Nah, dude. FF. Oh my god! I, I actually I love the the concept of Runaways doing really good and then just being bought out as a complete team. <laughs> I, I hope it happens every single uh, every single yeah every, every, every single every expansion. Of the Runaways, yeah. <laughs> so my last one was going to be uh, for league for none of the NA teams making it out of groups, but we already talked about that a little bit. Oh. I think we know where we stand on that. FF. That's Feels an FF, bad. boys. That's a, a mess in the chat. That's the year. And Evan, another one would be everyone hating on the Korean teams when they won every single one of the groups that they were in. That's an FF, man. They deserve to win. They do. I Korean. definitely agree with that. But that was, yeah, the first little one. It's just kind of a good way to go through some of the smaller stories that we don't want to talk about and kind of get your perspective on that. So if people do enjoy that and if you guys enjoyed that at all, it's just a fun way to kind of go through a whole lot of information real quick. I liked it. That was a, it's a, it's a fun little. Yeah, I want to keep doing that. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, dude. We'll bring that in here and there. But I am going to hand it back over to you, Dylan, just to kind of go through a little bit more of the Dota side. And then, of course, another Blizzard update, which... Pretty soon, we're going to get a graphic for that as well if they keep up with this <laughs> amount of news. Yeah, so Dota Underlords has a new update coming out, and it's called The Big Update. And so it's The Big Update because it a, a, it, it's a doozy. Um, and there's a couple things in it that I want to bring up because I think are really cool for the auto chess genre itself. So they're adding 12 new heroes, you know, like Dota heroes to the game. Um, they're adding two uh, new play modes. They're doing a duos of where you and someone else can play like the auto chess against someone else, which is really cool. Oh, that's I really cool. Like that. I like that. I think it's super cool. And then a freestyle mode of where you can kind of set up a scenario and just like see how it plays out. I think this hmm. is cool because you, you can kind of practice some end game stuff like, oh, how do I beat this comp? Or, you know, if like this positioning, what? how should I do this? So next time, whenever you're in like top three, you can kind of figure that out. But the most interesting thing is a new feature called Jail. So what they're going to be doing is every 24 hours, so each cycle, they're going to be putting heroes in jail. So what that means is that you cannot play them. Um, they will not show up in the pool. And I don't know if they're doing, they're creating them or if they're doing like an algorithm, um, but all the, the tribes or like all the tribal or alliances in the game you can still complete them. So it's like okay. pretty it's pretty complex on how they did it, but the way that the, the reason why they're doing this is to help um 
kind of shift the meta around a little bit. So every day it's going to be kind of different, you know, because like some days, like maybe some good primordials are going to be taken out or maybe some days druids are going to be taken out. So like the, 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 the builds that you want to be going for might actually be different. Um, and, you know, the play styles are going to be different and it's going to mix things up a little bit, which I think is really cool. And that's the point I want to bring up and talk with you guys about. Yeah, I, I definitely think they're doing a really good job of um, making themselves different from TFT. TFT is clearly by far a much bigger success than Underlords. And by implementing these kind of changes could definitely bring people back that would be interested in or that are kind of a little bored of the battle, the auto battle genre and want to try something up. This could definitely be someone that could bring them back over to the other side because like, hey, I love auto battlers. And that sounds like some really cool stuff. 2v2s, that sounds so cool. Constantly shifting metas. That sounds really awesome because TFT, one of the downfalls is the metas are ex very extreme. There's two team comps usually, maybe three, of what you can build if you actively want to win. And by this, those team comps can be broken up almost instantly with that. So I, I think they are doing really well things. Riot is ultimately just going to copy all of it and introduce it to TFT, and Underlords is going to be irrelevant again. But for a good time, it is a good time for <laughs> Underlords to kind of get some of that uh, audience mass back until those changes are brought into Riot, unfortunately. Now, Dylan, I might have missed this. Did you say that this was a daily change? Yes. So jail is every 24 hours. So at a certain point every single day, it's going to have a, a jail shift. That's that's nutty. Yeah. That seems, yeah, it's that seems crazy. volatile, right? Like, I mean, that almost like, – so, like, I see I see an appeal with that, with changing them. I think I think it should have been a couple days. Like, I don't know, man. I think it should – like, because, I mean, like, you have no time, I guess, to really try and come up with a strategy – other than like what you're kind of given, I mean, you're just kind of dealt to it. Yeah. So, so there is a there is a feature um, for for some heroes that you can rank up with them. Um, I actually this was in a past update that I'm not super familiar with. But the more you play a hero, you're actually going to start ranking them up. So the reason why they're doing this is because I, I it has to be an algorithm. It has to be an algorithm because like th this is complex because you have to keep all the alliances there and you have to shift around heroes enough so that all heroes have like the same amount of rate of being in so that they can be ranked up at the same times like on average so and it's every 24 hours yeah that seems really really like i i don't know man i think we're gonna see some coding bs with that like the first couple of days for them to like iron it out man I, like i don't know man hey, i actually don't think so those are you know? some pretty stand like those those constraints are like so specific that i think this algorithm is going to be fairly easy to write up hmm. um for for them on the coding side i think there's like way more complex stuff out there so i yeah, think they, do this. Yeah. They, they can they can do this and i think it's be kind of cool yeah, it makes me kind of want to get into it, man. Because, like, I mean, to me, it was like, oh, I can. Play. It's like TFT, except it's Dota. But this is like, it's like T. This is like this is auto battlers like on drugs, man. Like this is like this is kind of this is like the next step, right? So, yeah. like, like Andrew said, they're probably like Riot is probably gonna jack this idea, but this is still really cool. This makes like like Andrew, like you said, man, it makes me want to try it. Yeah, I guess I don't have too much else about it. It's not enough to get me back into it, but I've kind of fell out of the auto battle genre hard anyway, so I don't think there's really much that can get me back into it. Even TFT on mobile, I'll play a little bit, but it won't bring me back into the genre at this point. But Dylan, okay. let's get our weekly Blizzard update as well. We have two weekly updates at this point, and it's just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, um, so there's a couple updates I want to give people because they're interesting. So circling back on America Univers American University, so it turns out they're actually 
are getting a ban. So originally, Tespa said that they weren't going to be punished um, for you know holding up the sign that said boycott Blizz. Turns out that was a lie. Um, actually, it, I, I, I'm joking on it, but it, you know it, it isn't Tespa's fault because they are so separate from Blizzard. So Tespa didn't punish them, but Blizzard actually did come back and they gave them a six month ban from all their competitive. So Blizzard is, you know, uh, kind of coming down on these guys for it, which, uh, I mean, it, it makes sense because, you know, they, they want to keep with the same rules and they want to be consistent with it. So I kind of understand. Now, the other two ones, one that's a little bit smaller is Wizard of the Coast is not going to be punishing a player who was at the Mythic Invitational um, supporting Hong Kong. Um, he was outwardly supporting him, uh, supporting Hong Kong and like, you know, talking about it. Wizard said, nope, we're not punishing them. We respect everyone with free speech and stuff at our at our events as long as it's not harming anyone. So Wizards, Wizard of the Coast, who does magic, stood out and said, you know, you know, they're fine. And then the last uh, big update before we can kind of circle back on some of these is that Blizzard got sent a letter from a couple big senators and representatives um, from, you know, American government. So the big ones who were on the list were Marco Rubio and AOC AOC which, and a representative from Wisconsin represent stepping down put the law down yeah so some pretty big names on there and it was bipartisan and basically they wrote Blizzard and were like come on dude we all got smart up <laughs> yeah come on what are you doing which is weird uh, to see video games in the news that way um it, it feels like whenever like uh games are in the news and they're really big it's always for bad things unfortunately or, or crazy Fortnite stuff happening. Uh, so it feels a little bit bad, but, you know, kind of a good thing that um, some some people in government are actually kind of standing up for, for, for gamers out there. It's just because of how big of a hot topic China has been recently, and they're just kind of oh, jumping. Yeah. They're just jumping on board with it. And I, and I, whatever. I mean, I'm not, I don't have any hard feeling. That's how politics work. And I think they actually do have a problem with what Blizzard did, but it's not because of the actual game. It's because of the much bigger topic that I even made reference to that last week that like so much of this has just really been blown up because of everything else that's been happening. And it's just kind of been a perfect storm of anti-China recently. And that this is just kind of activating the kind of the more video game nerdy side of it because the sports were already getting worked up. Uh, entertainment was worked up and now video games are worked up. You're kind of getting everyone worked up all together. So they're making statements whenever they can just because of how big of a kind of a worldwide event is happening right around around this. Yeah, it's too big of a topic that you can't avoid it. So it's a smart political move to be like, mm, we'll take, we'll play the good guys. We'll, uh, you know, we'll say this is like bad, bad blizzard, bad. Uh, yeah. go ahead. Now, the one thing I wanted to add is that this is going to start setting precedence maybe because um, all I'm going to say is AOC is a gamer. She is a confirmed gamer, confirmed bronze league league of legends player yo but that's okay because who is it rick fox wasn't rick fox always talking about bronze you can from iron dude yeah you, you can you can still be high up in esports and video games and be down in bronze no, i mean look at me i'm in silver yeah we have gamer representation is what i'm getting at yes um out there in government so i Good. feel i feel like this like i mean with that in mind unless like with some of the other political figures might be gamers as well i feel like aoc may have started this and then everybody was like, "Yo, that's a that's a good idea. Let's jump in on that." I mean, bipartisan. Nobody, we all we all agree on it, right? So, I mean, it'll, either way, either way, it's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna change Blizzard's mind, though. That's the that's the shitty part. 
I don't know. There, it's just more and more flames kind of under their ass, and those are going to burn them eventually. I really believe that, and especially with some potential leaks today of a kind of uh, Diablo Four and Overwatch Two both apparently leaked today. So there's, it'll be curious if that hype kind of gets out of the way ahead of BlizzCon. BlizzCon's just kind of going downhill. Yeah, I think Diablo Four is going to be a, a true uh, test of will for me. I agree. Um, it's been something. I've been incredibly, incredibly excited for. Um, but honestly, Blizzard really needs to do something. They need to say something more um, or else, you know, I, I don't know if I could really go through and get it. But I'm really excited for it. So I, I, hope, I hope they do something or say something more about this instead of letting it just kind of sit stagnant even no. longer. I agree. But what, we're a little over a week away from BlizzCon. So not next episode, but the following episode, we'll be talking about those announcements. Rumors are starting to leak, so we might have some things to talk about there that way. But otherwise, I think in the big topics overall, we're kind of wrapping up for today. I'm feeling pretty good about discussions, unless there's anything else you guys want to jump back onto. No, I think, I mean, that actually, wow, that wraps up very nicely. Yeah, I definitely want to put a pin in some of the uh, League of Legends, or sorry, the the right game stock. Yes, and like circle back on some of those issues because, I, I got some, I got some points, I got some notes. Yeah, there's there's, there's so much to talk to this episode because it was kind of a crazy week on that front. That again, that could have been an hour and a half episode just diving into all the League of Legends and the right game stuff. So that's very hard to focus on, but I think we did do a good job of getting to what we can, and we'll be definitely updating all of this in the future. I'm pretty sure everything we've talked about today will have an update at one point in the future just based off how news has been going in esports. But with that, that will wrap up this week's episode of Project Esports. Thank you so much for tuning in, and make sure, as always, to follow us and everything. But that is not what I'm here for. That is what, James, you are going to tell the people about. Yeah, this might be the this might be the first week where I actually get to say it. So, guys, if you could hit us up with that five star review, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, the closer we get to the YouTube description, the, the the quicker we get to Dylan not have to make this long convoluted spiel, but how to get there and uh, interact with us wherever, whenever. Um, I don't sleep most of the time, and the three of us are in three different time zones. So. If you want interaction, you're probably going to get it. Yeah, and personally for me, uh, sorry to cut you off there, Dylan, but for me, GGEZ was not GGEZ. GGFF was something I thought of today, so I'd love to get feedback on that. If that's something you guys like to see, I think these two had fun with it. It's something I really enjoyed building too. So if you enjoyed that, if you like having us do the Rick Fox kind of um, – uh, videos and all that kind of stuff too. Let us know if you like that kind of stuff. We're trying to change up things a little bit there. So if you want more of that, let us know. If you want us just to go back to talking more and less graphics and games and stuff like that, whatever you guys want, we're here to make content. So do give us an update on that kind of stuff specifically for this episode. Yeah, and we go live every single Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. If you miss a live show, that's fine because you can go to poppedoff.com slash YouTube to see the VOD on YouTube on Tuesday morning. And Tuesday morning, we also put out all the audio versions of the show to every single podcasting platform out there, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all the good ones. So go check it out there as well. But with that, I'm Andrew. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. And thank you for watching this week's episode of Project Esports. We will see you guys next week. Have a great week, gamers.